Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins, and everything in between. I am Benedicta, and I am feeling confident today. And I'm Benedict. Today is August 31st. This is episode number 106, and I'm feeling unfocused. And so was our podcasting system. Yeah. <laughs> This is slow and steady. And so, Take two. <laughs> and also, Brian's Wi-Fi is feeling a little unfocused today, so he could not join. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I'm wondering, the last time we recorded with three of us was probably <laughs> six weeks ago, five weeks ago, something like that. It's been a while. Did we manage to get one in right before your vacation? Did we? I can't remember anymore. I think it was just the two of Anywho. us. Anywho. Uh, I think Brian was in New York at that yes. time. So it's... That's true. That's true. Been, He's been living it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been living it up. You have been on vacation. Yeah, I have. And it was nice. Um, this time, nothing unusual is broke. Um, there wasn't any emergencies. There was no disaster. Customer support was okay-ish. Um, I didn't have to check my email 20 times a day. It was okay to just check it once. <laughs> um, so that was nice. Uh, I actually got a little bit of distance from work. Um, but now, now that I'm back, like the problem is getting back into work. And that's why I'm a little bit unfocused today because I feel like not quite sure where to start and what to do first. And yeah, so the usual stuff, I guess. Yeah, that kind of comes with vacation. Like vacations are great, but I also feel, yeah, often that it's a little bit harder um, to start up or it's that, that unfocusedness. And I, it usually takes me about three days, I think, before I can get back into it. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I enjoy these vacations we talked about before, because you get that vacation feeling, but you still have a little bit of that work going on. But not all vacations can be vacations. Yeah. I'm totally for taking true vacations <laughs> like you have done. So what was the highlight of your vacation? Just to like focus on some uh, the highlight of my stuff. vacation. That's a tough one. Um, I don't know. We, like the second week we spent uh, in Austria uh, and did some hiking. And the weather forecast was miserable. Like it was supposed to rain all day for a week, but luckily it was wrong and we had sunshine and, but there was a little bit of rain, but it wasn't too bad. So, uh, we, we've been there for like six days or so. And we were actually hiking for a couple hours on four of them. Uh, so it was nice. Like, um, yeah, like after day two, my, my legs were sore and I thought I wasn't able to move anymore. <laughs> But we just kept going, um, did another tour the next two days. And by the end of it, it was like, yeah, okay, I can, I can keep going. It's fine. <laughs> Slow and steady. That's the trick to those, those kind of uh, long walks in nature as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was really nice. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, before we, before we left, or actually before those two vacation, uh, two weeks vacation, I was very strict about like I removed everything work related from my phone. Um, email mm -hmm. was still on there, but I limited to one minute per day. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing I could do is basically in the mornings, I'd open up my email and just check that there's nothing important in there or nothing that needs my attention. 
And then I try to mm -hmm. archive as much as possible, but one minute isn't that much. So <laughs> at some point it's just shut off. And uh, if there was something in there, I'd, I'd open up the computer sometime in the day and um, yeah, just, just answer a support request or something like that. But um, luckily there was, wasn't that much. And uh, I actually got to not think about work for longer stretches of time, which was really nice. <laughs> How lovely. And also enjoying nature. I don't know, um, in Norway at least, there's like more and more newspaper articles coming out about the power of spending time in nature and how it's like more healing and more beneficial than uh, anyone has ever thought or thought, I mean, but we've all known this, but now there's research backing it up and, you know, modern person needs research to understand that it's beneficial to spend time in nature or research that it's good for kids to play. But, um, yeah, but I see that there's been a lot of focus, at least in our kind of media about spending time in nature and how that's like a really good antidote to kind of the modern always on type life. Um, yeah, yeah. It, so you did it. You, I can get behind that even without doing any research. <laughs> <laughs> so your vacation is approved by all the authorities. Nice. Oh, I'm glad about that. <laughs> <laughs> so what has happened with um, Uselist while you've been away? Uh, yeah, there's actually been some progress on Uselist. Um, while I was away, Jane uh, relaunched our website uh, with a little bit of a style update. Uh, we got rid of the purple that was on our website and our branding. So now it's black and white with a little bit of color sprinkled here and there. Um, and the cool thing about this is um, uh, she did basically all of the, that herself, um, editing config files in Git and stuff like that. Um, I wasn't really involved in that. And uh, during my vacation, she just clicked two buttons and merged uh, pull requests and... Uh, deployed the website and our new UI and uh, it, everything just worked without me doing anything, which was nice to see. <laughs> well, this, I mean, this is a good sign for the future for you, not having to kind of be on call. I, I can see more longer vacations <laughs> in your future. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if it was, uh, if it was that easy, it would be nice, but um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Overall, pretty pretty happy uh, with it. We also um, launched a new. But what's the what? Yeah, go ahead. What's the uh, what was kind of the goal of doing these changes, or is there a goal of doing the changes? Do you have any hypothesis or? Well, the color. Did you just need a change? The color changes were probably just we need a change. <laughs> it's not like it. Uh, I don't think it would affect anything. I feel like. Jane has gotten a little bit tired of our previous color scheme, so it was just like, yeah, let's let's do an update. And it's not like it changed. It's not like we changed a lot. It's basically just the color scheme is a little bit different. Uh, mm -hmm. We cleaned up a few things here and there, or she cleaned up a few things here and there. But overall, it's the same website and the same content and UI didn't really change other than the colors. So, um, didn't you kind of change the length of the page or did I read her tweet wrong? Yes. That's the other like, thing. Did you make that? The other thing we did, um, the homepage itself is now super focused. Um, it basically is a headline, a sub headline, uh, with a value proposition, then a sign up form, uh, to, um, get 
get an, a, a pre-recorded video demo, but we ask for your email address for that. And then as a screenshot, and then I think we have like four or five uh, um, logos of customers, and that's it. Um, and it's super, super minimal and focused. And it was one of the experiments we wanted to try um, for no good reason, to be honest, other than giving it a try, because we had uh, the previous design with a somewhat, well, it's not, it wasn't necessarily a long form uh, landing page, but we had like the, the classic homepage of like screenshot, uh, list of features, testimonials, all of that stuff. And we figured let's just get rid of all of that for once and then uh, see how, how, it, how it performs. Um, interestingly enough, uh, it's been up for a couple of days now and the metrics didn't really change. Like there's not, it's not mm -hmm. like there's a significant increase in signups for the, for the mailing list slash the, the video demo. But we, what we did see is that, um, the other pages on the website suddenly get more traffic. Um, so we have like a mm -hmm. very minimal navigation at the bottom of the page where you can get to the docs and the features page and stuff like that. Basically the old website and now people are much more likely to click on those pages. Um, I'm not entirely sure what to think about that yet. <laughs> like I, on one hand, it's nice that those pages get more exposure, but on the other hand, it's probably because the homepage itself doesn't really tell you anything anymore. <laughs> so people have to click elsewhere. No, but in, in one way, it will actually give you some insight into what people then is interested in. Like what if one page, like if everybody checks the features page, or everybody checks the price page, I guess that could tell you something about True. what to put back on the front or on the homepage if you, if you want to, without having to do one of those kind of analytics tools where you can kind of see where people are hovering their yeah. their mouse i don't know if you've done any of those like the hot jar or yeah um and they don't give you exact either i would say because people might just be scrolling yeah. and just stop because they're doing something else well so i guess you get some kind of data points around that and also you get a homepage that is much easier to maintain i guess yeah um i think it's too early to draw any any conclusions yeah. keep it like this yeah. it looks really good though yeah I, I like it as well like it's very on on point and focused yeah. um but i guess we have to see after a couple of days or, or mm -hmm. maybe even a month or so and then reevaluate if we mm -hmm. want to keep it like this or if we want to change it up again um yeah like so far we only got one person who didn't like it <laughs> and thought it was too growth hacky which i can kind of understand um but yeah i mean but if nobody complained you had done something yeah, wrong probably yeah <laughs> i mean if everybody's like meh that then 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 it wouldn't have been a change true, right true um, um i think yeah for the most part it's an experiment and we'll see what the future brings looking forward to updates yeah. on that because we all make home pages or sales pages or marketing pages or what we want to call them uh yeah i and in the end i feel like there's no there's no blueprint that you can use because i feel like so much depends on the product and the audience and all mm -hmm. of that so yeah if this works out yeah. for us it doesn't have to work out for you or the other way around so 
Yeah, definitely. I feel like with a very you have a very utilitarian kind of a product where I think people know what they want. Like they want to send emails, so you don't have to sell them on the concept of selling sending emails, right? Yeah. It's it's yeah. Uh, uh, it's kind of like you've already decided you want to message people in in some way, and you're looking to see probably like what kind of features you have. Does it look like it's simple? Does it look like it will cover my needs? Those kinds of things. And yeah. yeah, I don't know how you usually get customers though, but we don't either. <laughs> I started using UserList because I met you in <laughs> in a community. <laughs> yeah, like it's so far. It's, I wish we had like a very repeatable and obvious marketing channel or user acquisition channel, but right now we don't have that. Like it's mm. it's a little bit of everything and nothing. No clear winners in terms of channels, so. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. Any other updates from your hands? Um, yeah, like we also wrapped up our uh, funding round. Um, I've been hinting at this in, in previous episodes a little bit. So Jane has been um, heading our fundraising efforts over the last couple of months, um, basically to allow us to, uh, well, to extend our runway a little bit. Um, uh, and uh, to allow us to hire some help uh, because it feels like that we are not making enough progress on the product um, these days because we have like so many, well, it's not that many, but like a couple of people email us from time to time with really good ideas and suggestions. And we're usually, we're like, yes, we know we want to do this. It's on our roadmap. Uh, but I can't tell you when we get to it. Like it's, it's a really good idea, but no, we can't do it, and it can't tell you a timeline or anything. So, yeah, it feels like. Do you think you'll ever get off that though? No, we're... because with more people, you will just get even more ideas and a longer roadmap. Because you have more people, so you'll put more stuff on your roadmap. <laughs> like I yeah. don't know if if it stops. It will never stop, and that sense i don't expect that to happen but it would be nice to i feel like there are still a couple of big things we we have to tackle or should tackle as a email marketing solution um and i hope that getting some more help on the development side will help accelerate those and get us there faster mm -hmm. um because right now i'm basically doing everything myself um, and i'm spread thin between a million different parts of the application and a million different problems and, and all of that. And it would just be nice to, yeah, like split the load a little bit on that. Um, and I mentioned, I think I mentioned mm -hmm. in a previous episode that we're thinking about hiring a front-end developer because it feels like, it feels like that's the hardest part um, that I'm struggling the most with. And not necessarily because I don't like JavaScript or CSS or any of it, quite the contrary, but I feel like front-end development is just an inherently hard uh, task and problem because like backend development mostly de deals with um, APIs, databases, stuff like that, but front-end development has to deal with humans. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, that that just <laughs> the obnoxious users. Yeah, like all, like <laughs> managing user expectations and uh, 
and then like dealing with like weirdness of um, just client uh, server architectures where suddenly there's no connection anymore or the user entered a wrong value or now you have to do validations or loading screens and like all of that stuff um, it's just really complicated to get right I feel like and um, I feel like I yeah, spent absolutely. I spent so much time on this that I should probably spend elsewhere um, and therefore I'd like to hire someone that hopefully is more capable of doing that these kinds of tasks than, than I am so yeah that's but that's like uh, a topic for like exciting so it's because I, I basically starting to figure out how to even hire someone for this uh right now so don't have anything anything good to share about it yet <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything to more to share about the fund uh, funding around because i kind of i kind of um interrupted your train of thought um yeah i like it's not officially announced yet, um, so I'm not entirely sure mm. how much I can tell. Okay. But uh, we basically did um, uh, a little bit of uh, it's like a pre-seed round or something like that. So it's not a lot of money, um, but we got a couple of nice investors um, that we look up to, people that we look up to. Um, and what was interesting in the in the process is. We also talk to like funds and VCs and stuff like that. Um, but most of them bailed out, whereas, um, founders of SaaS applications, uh, were more likely to invest. And I feel like that's probably a good sign because they are kind of our target audience and the target market. And they seem to get what we're trying to do. Whereas, from the funds, we usually got something like, yeah, there's like a million email marketing tools out there. Mm. We don't see why user list is any different than the other ones. Um, which maybe it's true, but then again, like the founders were really excited about uh, our offering and, and wanted to invest. So maybe it's a good sign <laughs> or maybe I'm, just I think that's myself. a good. I think it's a, <laughs> no, but I think it's a good sign when the because many of these are probably customers already and they like the way or the direction of the project and I enough to invest, which at least shows belief in in the direction of this emailing service over other emailing services that don't have the same focus, right? Yeah, uh, on on. A SaaS for other SaaSes, which I guess you are. That's at least <laughs> what you're trying focused to do, on. yeah. Yeah. And that is, uh, that is, yeah, I can see, I can see that. Nobody asked me to invest, but I'm going to let that slide. <laughs> like we can talk about it. Like uh, reach out to Jane and... Um... <laughs> I don't know. I don't have that. I, don't, I would be a very small investor, but I'll reach out to Jane. I just invested like a tiny, tiny, tiny um, amount of money in a cafe that was crowdfunded um, in my city because I've always wanted to own a cafe, right? And then I love there that it's the same people behind the company that I rent my e-bike mm -hmm. from or lease my e-bike from. And then they're, they have a um, shop where they fix all the bikes and then they're going to open a cafe next to it so you can have a coffee while you're waiting for a bike to be fixed. So they just emailed all of us who have in have leased these bikes and other people, you know, you want to invest and you can invest as low as 
What was it? I ended up investing like $500 or something. I was like, yes, I want to own a piece of a cafe. I've always wanted to own a cafe and I will be invited to like private parties and stuff like that. I was like, yes, I'm going to do it. So that's the first investment for our um, holding company with outside our own companies. Nice. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> Which feels like some kind of a very small milestone. Yeah, yeah, but still. Um some future point i will invest more i hope <laughs> yeah um <laughs> i've been thinking about this as well uh if i should invest in other companies at this stage but i feel like what i can pr could probably afford it like i have some savings that are basically doing well nothing it's not the right word but not much but then i'm also considering like i'm working on this thing and maybe I should just like keep those savings and invest time and energy in the thing that, can, that I can actually control versus investing it in, into some, some other company that I don't have any control over uh, just because I'm investing in them. So I figured, yeah, maybe let's get useless to a state where it's working properly and then I can think about investing in other companies. Mm -hmm. But right now it feels like not the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it depends on on like why you would invest. If it is to, you know, try to bet on something that would make it big. Of course, that's something we all, I guess, wouldn't mind. But I feel with my like little cafe yeah. investments, it's more like okay, I back you, and it's so little money that it's if they end up like donation, messing it up, right? it's kind of it, it's like a do yeah. I look at it more as a donation, but I do get shares that I actually like will have to file that i have and, and all that kind of stuff but uh but then you never know like maybe they they make a nice profit they don't have big ambitions either but if like i end up getting a little bit of money from them every year and some nice private parties and and good times i'm i'm more than happy yeah, <laughs> to do that, that. Like um but obviously yeah so I, at this point like that would be more my kind of investment <laughs> strategy if i would have one like would this would this be fun for me more than yeah. like because even you can only invest a little bit like the upside is also quite small so it's i guess when you invest more then you have to be more like vigilant and actually have a better strategy yeah, i guess than yeah, true. joy and fun or whatever which is like my current strategy <laughs> <laughs> i like nothing anyway anyway yeah, maybe we can. Oh, this will be fun when slow and steady when we all start investing. We can be like discussing our investments. <laughs> slow and steady investors club. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that. I mean, why not? Why aspirational not? Aspirational goals, I guess. Um, <laughs> aspirational goals. Yeah. Um, so what's what's been up with yeah, you? Yeah, but that was it for the. What's been up with me? No, so I have had. I said I was feeling confident. I'm feeling very confident about. Uh, moving into doing kind of value-based Gatsby work, which I am working on, uh, trying to kind of nail my offerings with Jonathan Stark that I started coaching with. Ooh. And it looks like I'm always ma also managing to transition one of my existing clients into more of an advisory type relationship, which would be my first and also... I think a very good fit for that project at this time and having somebody like Stark kind of talking me through it helps a lot with my confidence going into meetings and sending an offer out. So it's just not, it's not just going to be an advisory thing that I kind of concocted in my head, like 
<laughs> just on my own, but something based based on what other companies do and other consultants do and with prices that like he could also maybe help me a little bit with comparing to other clients he've had, like what they charge for those types of services with those types of clients. So um, that gives me a little bit of extra like confidence going into meetings that I have somebody to discuss things with when I when I kind of come back and 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 have to come up with these offer <laughs> with this offer uh, for an advisory retainer. Um, and I also feel so I got some homework from Stark on like looking into the Gatsby, like what websites uses Gatsby, who are the agencies? Um, and what have I like done before with Gatsby and like actually starting to look into it more systematically and more strategically and super interesting, interestingly, I did some, I found some places where I can download reports on who were using Gatsby and it looks like a lot of SASs are using Gatsby as their marketing site and a lot of the really like big actors in the tech space so digital oceans marketing pages and in, in a gatsby um canva the graphic uh, where you can make graphics and what others did i find yeah contentful who is one of the cms headless cmss uses them and some other like uh, calendly calendly their new their new marketing site is in mm -hmm. in gatsby they just relaunched a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago so there is like it's it looks like it's got like a very big footprint in kind of the text SaaS tools. I don't know what we want to call it, SaaS <laughs> world, um, which is like people that I like to work with. So that is interesting instead of just working with like marketing or agencies kind of type type things. So that is very promising in one way. But I have to figure out what their pain points are like what would they need help with and i also have some leads there where um they have a gatsby site they don't want to use their um their developers who are working on the product on the kind of marketing page marketing site that they had an agency create but they need updates there are some like there's something wrong like something is not working like they wanted to so i'm trying to look into different types of offerings i could do um within yeah, within the Gatsby kind of ecosystem. And one thing that we talked about before that I still believe in is that I can make plugins for a lot of these same companies though, but plugins so that you can embed their stuff on your Gatsby site. Mm -hmm. So we talked about that for user list when you come out with forms, like it could be good to have a Gatsby plugin that would then make it easier for somebody to embed forms on the Gatsby site or user list forms on the Gatsby site. And there are multitudes of you know providers that that need you to embed their script and then some kind of html on their yeah. side so maybe i could productize that and like yeah do you have you know do your users need to embed something we can you know we can create the embed plugin for you gets embed plugin for you and then have a price and then just like people can just like book book that we will make that and like book a time like we can do it next month or like in january something like yeah. that because i think we can get the lowish price if we do a lot of them and like get this into kind of more of factory mode from our side so like what should the price for that be like you know i don't know i need to talk to you <laughs> i need to talk to people <laughs> um i think now we're like thinking 5k but i have no idea if that is too much or too little um like if I was going to make that 
for user list uh, with your new funding money. <laughs> I could fund you through doing... No, that's good. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then the same thing is like, I'm thinking maybe a way to also get more knowledge uh, is to do audits. So if you have these Gatsby, existing Gatsby sites and it keeps breaking, like I could do an audit of the pay of the site and then come up with some suggestions on where you need to clean up and then maybe also then offer some projects where I can do, an, for instance, an update because I see a lot of these sites are still on Gatsby 2 and Gatsby 4 is coming out this month, I think, or next month. So then that could be like a package that I could do for kind of a fixed price or a value price where like I'll update it for you and make sure everything works. Um, so I'm like thinking... Yeah, I'm in the thinking creative mode on on yeah. what type of Gatsby uh, products we could, but I want it to be more productized. I don't want to, I don't want to make your marketing site. Yeah, like I don't want to do that. But I could take something on your marketing site and kind of modularize it and say, okay, now this at least this piece, this module that I cleaned up, will keep on working. I promise that that will keep on working. Um, but I don't want to create kind of marketing assets or like marketing site like that have yeah i don't want to be an agency basically yeah. did you um or marketing yeah one thing that just came to mind is um did you consider just selling uh basically blueprints or templates or just like component libraries like if if most of the people are building their marketing sites with us maybe maybe just sell a collection of marketing website related plugins or components or i don't know so you don't have to build all of that stuff from scratch but can just like piggyback on on something that gets you started quicker similar to like the, the sass in the box things like bullet train or something like that yeah super interesting because i think because i think a lot of the a lot of the things that they need uh that a lot of them need and are similar are often connected to tools. So if I can't sell it to the tool provider as a plugin that they offer for free, I could package it as plugins that the maker of the site could buy. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be kind of the same function. But then there would be other, like I can obviously see that there are other things that a marketing site would need that isn't completely tied to the tool or the providers they are using. So that is an interesting, absolutely an interesting avenue. Uh, and then it would be great, like if I did a lot of these audits, then I would get a really good sense of what, where the, where they are having problems or where they go wrong. Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, Gatsby, yeah, it's cool, blah, blah, blah. And then they just like start out and then they, they, they don't spend the time to understand like how should you do it the Gatsby way? Like what, what is a good way of using Gatsby? You kind of put your old, this is with all framework, of course, but especially on a tight time schedule, you, you kind of put your, your old design IDs, I guess, or whatever onto the new framework. And you end up kind of not using the framework for what the framework is good for and i think a lot of people are like well i know reacts so i'll just like get started with gatsby and i don't spend the time in understanding kind of the service side versus the client side and kind of how it all fits together and how you can get go super modular you can be what i like with gatsby it's the plugin models because you can also have local plugins they don't have to be like npm packages you can just make them locally which makes it really easy to modularize 
you know, your marketing site or your project, Gatsby project, mm -hmm. by creating these local plugins. But it seems like, you know, if you don't know that, then you just throw everything in that, like, it's not an index file in Gatsby, but like the Gatsby node file just like grows and grows and grows instead of creating separate um, and plugins and stuff. And if I could then give some sort of blueprint where they have that set up up front where you kind of this is the Gatsby way of doing it. And if you do it this way, it's less chance that it, your site will break when the next version comes out, right? Because <laughs> that is what's happening now when people try to upgrade from version 2 to 3. There were some changes, but a lot of the pages broke because they had done things in a way that they shouldn't have done. And then when the upgrade came, it didn't, it wasn't compatible, right? Yeah. It worked, but it wasn't like the official way of doing it in Gatsby. Yeah. Anyway, that was me rambling on that, but interesting idea. I'm going to write it up <laughs> on my little notepad here. Blueprints. Blueprints. Yeah. But how do, do you have, have you have had any like audit like how, like what would that, how would you price an audit or what would be an audit price be? Yeah, kind of. that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> People listening, how much should a Gatsby marketing site audit cost or an embed plugin um, cost? I would love some ideas. Um, last time I asked the listeners, I actually got some responses in my DM, so I'll try again. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, it's just me, uh, but I tried to sell audits in the past, mm -hmm. when I think I only ever sold one, <laughs> uh, and that was in preparation for a consulting engagement, basically analyzing their current setup and race application mm -hmm. and compiling an offer on on how to upgrade stuff and fix things. But yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it always sounds like a good idea. And uh, we as developers see value in like getting a list of to do's, but I still, mm -hmm. I'm still not sure if it's a good thing to sell, to be honest, because I think people are not mm -hmm. buying those kind of things, but I might be wrong. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Cause I think it is very common to kind of sell it as the beginning of something bigger. Which could be, which could be a way like, okay, you have some problems. The first engagement will be an audit and then there will be some projects coming out of that audit. I can maybe do some of them, but some of them, those are maybe not in my kind of area of expertise. So then you should have a project on that, that somebody else could do. Um, but I think you would kind of think, you kind of, you kind of go into it thinking that some of it maybe I could do. Like some of it I could mm. fix, but you don't want to promise that you'll fix it. Because if you see, yeah. you know, if it's really awful and you're like, well, this isn't fixable, you don't want to go go promising to fix it, right? For a, for a fixed price, at least. Um, yeah. But it's going to, it's interesting. I like, I re I'm really feeling the momentum with this like niching that I've been trying to do for so many years that now that I'm like, okay, I'm going to do Gatsby stuff when it comes to coding. Yeah. There's so many ideas. Like now you were like, yeah, let Gatsby blueprints, or I could do the plugins, or I can do this kind of training or like it's the constraints are, uh, helping me coming up with, with, with things I could do and that I could do really well since I am starting to really get 
um, yeah, I've been using Gatsby since 2018 on and off. Yeah. So I'm like one of the oldest Gatsby developers, I guess, around at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, yeah, having constraints is a good idea. And especially no matter what of those things you tackle, and even if you abandon them along the way, it's not like wasted, not in a wasted effort because it's still focused enough that people in your audience will get value from it versus like doing 20 different projects in 20 different areas where there's no overlap. Yeah. You basically burn, burn momentum and that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of a little bit how I've been thinking as a yeah. consultant. Cause I've been doing more like, Oh, you can buy my, like my hands and pay me hourly and I'll do JavaScript code. And first it was native code and then JavaScript code, but it's been a little bit, all over the place but now that i really enjoy working with it and because of the plugin system i feel like there are possibilities to deliver something that is kind of set like i can separate out something like this is what i'm going to deliver like this package or this uh, like this plugin um more than in many of the other frameworks where it's like if you go in you kind of have to touch everything um but with Gatsby, you can refactor things out into a plugin and then and then give somebody else responsibility for that plugin. And I think that is what entices me a little bit about that kind of aspect of it, that I can deliver something and kind of be done with it instead of working on that marketing side for the next 20 years, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> if it lasts that long, but four years, I guess, is the longest at longest a marketing size. <laughs> How often do you redesign your marketing size? <laughs> Not that. Yeah. Yeah. Yours is in um in um uh metal now middleman. What's it called? Middleman. Yeah. yeah, I used that as well back in the day. Yeah. It was the one I knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Had a lot of these which is the best option? Yeah, a lot of a lot of the choices, text choices we do in uh, recently is like just use the thing you know. Might not be the nicest or the coolest or the most flexible, but yeah, yeah, just get it done. <laughs> Absolutely. And then on that, I'm going to move it along. On that regard, I am also speaking at Gatsby Fall Camp. September 16th. If anybody wants to tune in and support me in the chat, that would be awesome. And I have had, I mean, so I said I was feeling confident. I'm feeling confident about the direction. But yesterday it felt like I couldn't even control, like I couldn't even compute, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was trying because it has to be pre-recorded and I do live stuff all the time. No problem. Like basically I treat this as a, I mean, this is a live conversation, right? Even though it's, you know, it, it's not live for the people listening. Um, but trying to do a recording, I started and then I was like, well, I could do that better. And then I did it again and again and again. And then when I finally got my groove, it turns out also when I finally like, this was a good recording. I hadn't turned on the screen recording. I'd only turned on the camera. And then the other time I hadn't turned on the mic. And because all of these were disconnected because my setup was so old or my computer, I hadn't updated my OS since like 2000 
17. So there was some issues. I couldn't use ScreenFlow. Oh my God. I So I ended up, I just had to email them. I'm like, I'm having computer. Yeah. And then my computer crashed because I didn't want to import stuff from my camera. It was, it was a mess. So I had to email them. I'm like, my computer is crashing. I'm very sorry. And then now I went out, I got a 4K streaming camera that I can hook up straight to my computer. I did a time machine backup. I updated my computer now to the latest awful OS. Like it's all weird, but anyway, it's updated. It's working. So hopefully tomorrow I will record with live streamcast some kind of like these screencast recorders where I can get everything in and see that everything is working and I don't have to remember to turn on three things because obviously that's too much for me. And then I'm going to treat it as a live thing and just get through it and not like second guess myself um so that would be an awesome talk everyone (laughs) (laughs) no but i think it's gonna be i'm gonna be quote kind of live coding though i'll code through a gatsby function and i think that's gonna be cool for people who haven't um seen that before uh but also feels very validating that i'm I'm one of the few non-Gatsby speakers for this conference. That's pretty cool. That's quite an achievement. Yeah, nice. Do you yeah. do do you need anyone to listen to your live stream recording, or are you able to do it without <laughs> every, every, without anyone actually being there? I'm gonna try tomorrow, but I might tweet at midday tomorrow and be like, "Somebody come listen to my non-live talk." <laughs> while I record it, because otherwise I'm never going to get through it. Now, I think maybe I'll get Ola to just... But I think also my computer will crash if it screencasts and live streams. So I think I'll have him just stand in the room so that I'm not allowed to kind of stop. Mm-hmm. And then my computer can do just the one thing, I think. Yeah, because I realized my computer is from 2015 or 16. So it's not, it's, it's having some problems, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't want to, I, I like it. It doesn't have a touch bar. <laughs> I don't want the freaking touch bar and it's got USB ports. It's beautiful. I don't want to change it. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. Um, maybe yeah. we got lucky and there's new, <laughs> new MacBooks coming out soonish with, without a touch bar and actual ports. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can wish. We can wish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then nothing much on the power front. I, you weren't here last week, but I was talking to Brian about maybe bringing on my, my best friend who is moving away. Um, we talked some more and I, we haven't decided, but we're talking about it. And then Ola and I also talked a lot about, we had this idea originally that Pow could become like a, a cool open source project where it's, where anybody could make make a copy and like host it themselves, but we were the only one that could make kind of the SaaS version. I think Plausible runs on this model, um, but and and then we kind of went away from that. But now with the kind of summer functions and all the work I'm doing as Queen Ray, <laughs> I really enjoy having those conversations with people as long as I have the, when I have the time and energy, like I really enjoy kind of engaging with the community and helping um, people get started with Gatsby, because Pow is on Gatsby as well. So we're like revisiting and the idea of how we can make it a, a vibrant and welcoming open source uh, 
project, but it's going to take some initial effort, right, to set that up in a way that that makes it work. And is it worth the time and effort to do that? Like we're having those kinds of discussions uh, now, but I think it could like it it could have the potential because the people using it who are developers, like they are itching, I think, to contribute. Um, I've had some some leads on or some people trying to kind of do that so um yeah so that's the status on pow not much has happened but i i like the big picture thinking i like the idea um because especially it's not a developer tool so it's not like i mean as long as you prevent people from uh deploying it somewhere and then reselling it i think you should be good um and on the on the queen ray side i think like for me personally, one of the things that really helped me get better at programming is reading code of real applications. Um, so having having an asset like that as open source might be might be a good idea because there's so little there's so little good open source applications in a specific framework or language. So so that that there's not that much opportunity to actually read good code and read code that solves real world problems versus just like a tutorial that barely scratches on the surface and uh, doesn't talk <laughs> about all the nitty gritty details that you also have to think about. So this could be a good way of like, yeah, just like serving both, both of your audiences. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would kind of, well, that would kind of merge it, yeah. right? Because, okay, some people would only contribute to POW, of course, or only be customers of POW, which is fine. But people who come to training with Queen Ray, for instance, could then start contributing to POW as one of their kind of first real real product contributions if they need to um if they need some practice yeah. in that or some um, experience in that. And also just with it being the focus I have on privacy, having it be open, of course, then enforces that because people will be able to look through the code and be very like they can do their own audits and actually see that, yes, we are not stealing anything. Right. So I think it's a way to kind of merge the two, which I've been looking for for a while. Like <laughs> I want it to be become like one thing and then i would be the queen ray of power right <laughs> um i'm enjoying my queen queen status um so we'll we'll see uh we'll see but i think like all of this will come together sometimes during this fall fall i think it's a very very i'm feeling a lot of momentum and i feel like it's going in the right direction i just need to put the work in and um keep keep pushing in that direction yeah 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 that's a long update for me <laughs> <laughs> well it's not like we, uh, it's not like brian is here and wants to talk as well so i guess uh, we have the hour yeah, or it's 45 nice. minutes for ourselves <laughs> yeah yeah i i i feel i get so much benefit out of talking these things through and also when people dm'd me about um bringing on my friend uh that you know i had some really good conversation and and people had some good suggestions which was um yeah yeah which was in, very helpful because as you've been saying like we are we're all we're very much alone when we're working on our sasses yeah 
the the one thing I I thought when when listening to that episode was um, get stuff in writing. <laughs> if you end up if you end up uh, uh, partnering up or whatever form of collaboration you you end up choosing, get a contract in place, even if it feels weird between friends, because from past experience, so much of the stuff if you if you don't get it in writing both parties will assume something and it will not align <laughs> especially when Absolutely. when there are problems so i feel like agreeing up agreeing on terms also for difficult stuff like when you part ways and stuff like that uh, ahead of time mm -hmm. in writing is you should probably you should absolutely do that <laughs> <laughs> we we will absolutely do that. We actually have that for the Gatsby show on Fridays. That's very smart. We have a yeah. It basically says that I have veto power over everything. <laughs> and a funny thing, as I'm saying that, like uh, you should absolutely do this, but we don't have anything like this for this podcast. <laughs> no. And one of the things we also have for the show on Fridays is that it's not going to be sponsored, right? So we don't have to. Um, start thinking about negotiating sponsor fees and who should get the sponsor fees or and also we want to be independent and on what is is our tagline unsponsored and unauthorized and un, unrum fueled i think is our, our tagline no but it was very helpful to just get it all in writing because then it's very clear like this is the terms of our show at least until this date um, and we could obviously have a meeting and change our minds, but this is what we agree on at at the point where we started. Um, and it's been it's been helpful. I should go back and look at that. It's been a while since I looked at yeah, it. I was thinking we should you should get a document <laughs> like this for for this podcast. I, yeah, yeah. Definitely got a conversation coming up. <laughs> I mean, before all the sponsors are like. You know, throwing. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I have no idea what you guys have decided uh, on this podcast. So yeah, having it in writing. Yeah. Oh, on that note, I totally forgot my Call Paul episode came out. So Mailchimp produced a podcast called Call Paul with Paul Jarvis of Fathom Analytics, and my episode came out last week. Nice. I have no idea what so this if you is go about, to but. I'll check it out right now. It's about POW. So it's about the POW origin story and um, how awesome it is. <laughs> Basically, I think they the tagline ended up being like creating a killer app and charging money for it or something like nice. something like that was the tagline they, they chose. Um, but it's like a highly produced show. So have a have a listen to that with like voiceover. And yeah, there's I check that one out. So we can put that in the show notes. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to find it right now. The website doesn't super clear on on that, but yeah, I, we have it in the show notes. No, the yes, let's not talk about <laughs> the imagery on that web page. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Anything else you want to talk about? I mean, I could talk for a couple of hours more, but I think we're going to wrap it here, right? Yeah, let's wrap it. <laughs> 
Cool. Um, yeah, then see you next week. Talk to you next week. And um, see you next week. Hopefully, hopefully Brian is here. Yeah, hopefully Brian is back. Bye. Bye bye.